Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there, and welcome to Game Changers, a personal branding and business podcast about extraordinary people who are changing the world. I'm your host, Erin May Henry, and my mission is to help entrepreneurs become known online so that they can share their message with more people and build the empire that changes their lives. On this podcast, I interview up-and-coming thought leaders so that together we can teach you the tools and strategies you need to take the next step on your own personal branding journey. Covering everything from money to mindset, social media to speaking, and confidence to content, Every episode will leave you empowered and full of ideas on how you can shape your industry rather than just be a part of it. Now, let's get into today's Game Changer chat. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Game Changers. So I'm so excited to bring you today's episode. Gosh, do I ever start an episode any differently? But honestly, this one is one of those episodes where you're basically going to be kicked in the butt because... Look, we all have excuses, right? We all have excuses as to why we can't get healthy, why we can't start a business, and it usually does come back to time. But today's guest, we have a huge chat about this concept and about those who are succeeding just simply don't accept these excuses and rather just create the drive that they need to go for what they want. And so if you feel like you've been held back at any stage of your life because you feel maybe you don't have enough drive, you don't have enough passion, you don't have enough focus, you don't have enough drive, you feel like you can't stand out on online, this is going to be the episode for you. So I am actually speaking to one of my friends, Rachel, who I've been lucky enough to have met here in Melbourne because she is another Australian YouTuber. But Rachel is also the creator of Eat Run Lift, which is an online fitness platform where she does dedicated one-on-one 12-week coaching for her clients, helping them to transform not only their bodies, but their mindset as well. She's also an advocate for the minimalist lifestyle and has written a book called Less, which talks all about having and adopting a minimalistic lifestyle. And as I just mentioned, she is a YouTuber who honestly, if you have seen her videos, you will know are just the most pleasurable videos to watch because they're so aesthetically pleasing. Rachel is incredibly creative and I'm just so, so grateful that she was able to come onto the show and share her story with us. So without further ado, let's jump in to today's Game Changer chat. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Game Changers. I'm so grateful that you are here, and I'm so excited to be sharing today's episode with you. I have someone on the podcast today who I have been following for, honestly, it feels like decades now, but I'm sure in social media time, it's probably about four years. But Rachel Ost, who I know so many of you who are a huge fan of as well, because, you know, every time I ask for like productivity hacks for some reason, every time everyone recommends you, they're like, oh my God, do you know Rachel? And I'm like, 
yes, I do. <laughs> but I'm so, 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 so excited. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. When you invited me, I was like, uh, yes, uh, I can talk to Erin. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, we could talk for days. Rachel and I actually did a panel together at the first VidCon, I think it was. And honestly, I was just like, when she was speaking, I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to you on my podcast. <laughs> so um. So inspiring. Okay. So obviously, as I said, I feel like so many people in my audience know you because I feel like you're like the number one recommendation for everything, health, productivity. Every time I'm like, I need health inspiration. You always come up. I'm like, I need <laughs> inspiration. They're like, you always come up. I'm like, I already follow her. Um, but for those maybe who are meeting you for the first time, do you want to go through and just kind of give the backstory because you do what feels like everything. You do so much online and I'd like to kind of take it back because what I really want to speak today about is obviously, yes, YouTube and things like that, but more your entrepreneurial side because yeah. that's what the audience, I guess, is more so into. But if we could kind of take it back, like how did this all start? How did you build this empire online? Okay, well, firstly, almost an accident, but like, <laughs> <laughs> If, if we okay, I'll, I'll explain it. So, what happened was I sort of started going through this phase in maybe it must have been like 2014. I remember the house I was living in it was like 2014. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I just want to get a bit fitter and I just want to feel a bit better because you know I was working like your regular. I call it like a nine to five, but I was working on the weekends as well. I was just like picking up every shift for that extra, like, give me that extra $25 an hour, guys. You know know the feeling. Um, And I was just like working heaps. And then because I didn't like my job so much, I was like going out socially drinking heaps with like work friends and other friends. And like we'd go out to restaurants all the time and drinking all the time. Not saying that's a bad thing, but it wasn't working for me. And especially like, I didn't even realize at this stage that I had PCOS and that was just like an underlying thing. So I was like, oh, I want to feel a bit better. And um, I was like sort of looking into it and I became fascinated. Like I am a learner. I feel like I'm always enrolled in some kind of degree. <laughs> um, I ended up enrolling into um, nutritional medicine, actually. What? And I started, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started studying that. So I, I finished that now. So I did nutritional medicine. And as I was doing that, I had a friend of mine who was going to go see a personal trainer and she's like, oh, like I'm too nervous to go on my own. Will you come with me? And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then I went along with her and sort of that's how I started training was just like a friend inviting me along. And I started posting these little recipes and things on my Instagram, which was so small at the time. I think it had maybe like four or 5,000 followers on there. And people were like, oh, can you post these somewhere so we can come back to them and like bookmark them and print them? And I was like, oh, okay. And I started my blog, which is Eat, Run, Lift, which is essentially the foundation behind everything that I do now. Everything sort of directs back to that. That's like the core thing. And I think it's very important to establish a core thing outside of social media, whether it's a website, whether it's a brick and mortar business, whatever it is, I think, you know, you've got to have a contingency plan there. Like if something goes wrong and your entire income is Instagram, what are you going to do? So I think, you know, establishing something outside of the social media realm is really important. So, you know, I set up this blog with the intention of sharing sort of my fitness journey. And then from there, people were like, oh, can you make videos about what you're doing. And I was so nervous to make videos. Oh my God, oh my it does God. not seem like that would have been the case now. Yeah, yeah. Like, freaking Steven Spielberg over here, like making the yeah. most professional videos YouTube's got to offer. Oh my God, I was so nervous. I feel like sometimes I still get a little bit nervous. Like I love the creative process and I love like filming and editing. But yeah. when it's like me on camera, I'm like, 
oh man, my face again. Like, <laughs> That's good to hear though. That's really good to hear because obviously, you know, a, a big part of this podcast is like showing the true, raw, authentic side yeah. of people who are out there online. And I think it's just so easy for people to think, oh, you know, like I watch all these YouTubers, they've got 100,000 subscribers, all of these things. And I'm like, they're obviously so confident and it disassociates them from the creator. But understanding yeah. that the creators are just normal people. And like, even sometimes I feel so nervous and I feel so self-conscious about so much stuff that I create as well. And it's so good to hear that you're experiencing that as well. Cause it's like, we're all just human beings, guys, at the end of the day. <laughs> That's exactly it. And I feel like, you know, everyone, like as much as you get the praise, you get the criticism as well. And it's so much easier to remember the criticism. And particularly, I feel like a lot of your audience may be in this genre as well. And I know you probably are as well, that what you do, you want to do really well. Yeah. You want to put your best foot forward in everything. So if you're already sitting there critiquing yourself to like a really harsh degree, which took me a long time to overcome, I had to be like, I had to simultaneously balance that critique, but also allowing myself to just move forward and publish yeah. and put things out there. But yeah. when I, when I started, I, I was really quite nervous and I sort of overthought everything as you do, but started putting out videos and I started a series on my channel as well called the minimalism series, which was my process of starting to declutter my wardrobe, declutter my makeup, sort of simplifying my life. Because when I have too much stuff around, I just feel really overwhelmed. And um, so I started doing that and that started documenting the minimalism series. And so these two, I guess you'd call, they're very different genres. You've got minimalism and then you've got health and fitness. And I'm very passionate about both. I feel both have a role to play with each other as well, because your minimalism affects your mindset and your mindset affects how you approach your health and fitness. Yeah. It all works together. And um, yeah, so I started growing these two very different topics at the same time. And um, then from there, I went on to study personal training. I went on to study a wellness coach. And now I'm doing um, some extra nutrition stuff at uni. So we're doing yeah. that. Um, but then um, as the businesses grew, I opened up a personal training studio. And then I was also offered a book deal to do with the minimalism series. So again, like both things grew and they almost like separate completely, but they both kept growing. Yeah. So it was very, it was very interesting. And I feel like it's still a very funny place. I feel like I've got almost two split personalities when it comes to online. You're not a Gemini by any chance, are you? No, <laughs> Sagittarius, but I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it means you're fiery and determined. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. But okay, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I want to talk a little bit more about this niche aspect because what you're saying here is I started with the health and fitness and I also started creating this minimalism content online but they both grew simultaneously but the thing is like every single time anyone gets any advice whether it be on Instagram Facebook uh, for starting a business like it's always starting with find yourself a niche be specific find one thing do that and do it well and I guess I'd love to hear in your opinion what your advice would be to those people do you feel like it differentiates from business to being a creator and I guess if someone is multi-passionate and they do want to show those both sides how would they go about it yeah I think if you want to show more than one thing you still need to be niche yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's always going to be honing in on the target audience. You can't and you never will be able to speak to everyone at once. Yeah. 
your brand voice, who you are as a person is not going to resonate with every single person. So if you want to talk about multiple topics, cool, find who you're going to talk to. And I think most of us aren't one dimensional people. I think, you know, if you're doing this purely from a business perspective, yeah, like hone in, like be so, so specific. But if you're more like, I feel like where I'm at is I share my lifestyle. Yeah. So that's why I've got those two things. But the thing is I've even set up two separate websites. Okay. I've got one for all the minimalism and the lifestyle and the house tour and that sort of thing. And then I've got Eat, Run, Lift, which yeah. is all your recipes, all your meal plans, all my eBooks, my personal coaching, like all of that stuff is on there. So you have to be ready to facilitate the demand yeah. if you're going to branch off into more than one. And I think it would be easier to do one. And I think that's why that advice is offered as well, because you're just, you're putting everything in laser beam focus into one topic. But if you are passionate, like incredibly passionate about, about more than one, then, then do that. But you have to be willing to divide your attention. Yeah. Okay. And I want to come back to that because I really want to talk about productivity because that's something I honestly, like, I think you would be just the number one person to speak to about that being that you do have separated focuses, but on this topic more, would you, I guess, visualize it in a sense like a Venn diagram. So you have like your fitness audience over here with a lap over in the middle somewhere and your minimalist audience, or do you think they're all interested in both? No, absolutely not. And I think if you are looking, so as an example, if you decide to start a YouTube channel and you're looking to get the best view to subscriber ratio, like if you want, like, let's say you have 50,000 subscribers at this stage and you want to be pulling as high views as you can. Yeah. One topic. One topic is you save up save yeah. it because people are going to come back continually for that same thing they know you're going to offer that same thing yeah. whereas what i have done which you know you could consider it a mistake in the world of youtube yeah. but if i was just doing one thing i would be bored out of my brain so you know I, i'm happy that i did it and branched off into multiple topics but it does mean that you may have a higher subscriber count but slightly lower view count because your audience is dispersed across topics i have some people that will only watch my minimalism series. And I have some people that will only watch my health and fitness. And I do have an audience that watch both. And it's very cool to me to get messages from people like, oh, I came from the minimalism stuff, but now I really love your health and fitness stuff too. Like it's cool when you cross people over and like convert them to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's such a really important thing to cover as well, because I guess so many people are just so quick to judge, you know, this person's got this many subscribers and this many views and stuff like that. But it's like, it just shows how it's not so, I guess, specific or direct, you could say in terms of people's results and things online. And I think so many people get scared that, oh, if I create this, it's not going to get as many views. And it's like, it doesn't fucking matter, to be honest, like do what makes you happy, because that at the end of the day is going to work be what makes it sustainable for you. Yes. I was just going to say that. Like, if you're not happy with what you're doing, how do you do it every day? Like I I tell my actual training clients this, like if you don't love the exercise you're doing, if you don't enjoy the food you're eating, how do you sustain that? That's going to come back to anything you're doing. Like if you hate your job, you're not going to want to sit there every day. If you hate the videos you're making, you're not going to want to make them. And every single excuse that your mind can come up with is going to jump in there and stop you from creating. Yeah. And you're going to think, oh, I'm burnt out. Oh, I don't have any ideas. Oh, this is hard. It's not. You're just making it harder than it needs to be. Because you're creating something you think you should create rather than what you actually yeah. want to create. So how would someone, I guess, if you were, I want Rachel to put her like business coaching hat on for a second. <laughs> <laughs> if someone was 
was to come to you, because I get this question a lot and I know my answer, but if someone was to come to you and they're like, I have all of these different passions, I'm kind of interested in this, I'm kind of interested in this, like I want to start a business, I want to start a channel, like where do I start? Like in terms of, I guess, choosing a passion or choosing one or two passions, if they feel like they're maybe not like obsessed with one thing, like how yeah. would, what would be your process for helping someone find their passion? I know it's such a broad question, but. No, well, I, I don't think you need to be obsessed. I think it needs to have a good lifespan to it. So if it's something that you can see yourself doing in five years time, if it's something that you partake in yourself. So for example, me studying nutrition, I know that I want to keep doing that because I enjoy the recipe creation. I enjoy like looking over people's food diaries and macros and calories and all of that, you know, like looking into that sort of stuff. I enjoy that. So I know in five years time, I'm probably still going to enjoy that. If you imagine yourself making videos about a particular topic and if you write out a list of all the topic ideas you have, and if you've exhausted that list within like five bullet points, yeah. how are you going to sustain that? So I think the, the life cycle of it is in, really important, but then also can you monetize it? Yeah. Because if you want to turn it into a business, you know, how are you planning on monetizing it? How does that sit with the way people spend and their spending habits? And is it something that people need? Does it solve something for yeah. somebody? Is it just, you're not just selling for the sake of selling. Does it answer somebody's question or provide them with something they need? Yeah. I love that. I want to take it back in your story because one thing I've always actually been like creepily super interested in was <laughs> like, <laughs> I probably should have just asked you way before this, but I really would love to know more about the process of like opening a training studio. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and I'd love to hear if in your opinion, it was something like, would you classify it to be something that was a huge success of yours or something that was a huge lesson? Like, can we talk a little bit more about that? Because I, from looking from the outside, that seems like, not a huge risk, but it seems like a big step. You know what I mean? And yeah. a lot of people are yeah. so afraid to take those big leaps. And I don't know, do you feel like it was a catalyst for your journey now? I'd love to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So I reckon it was a huge lesson because yeah. like, if we get completely real here, like I was with a partner at the time who obviously had a lot of input into the business. Like, you know, technically on paper, I was the business owner, but yeah. you can't be around people without them influencing your decisions. Of course. Right. That's just part of it. That's part of the process. And he kept going, let's open studios, open studios, open studios, open studio. And so I had put like everything I saved into opening this studio. And it was almost like I kept saying, I was like, I don't think we're meant to open a studio because, you know, something kept happening every single time. Something kept happening. Like um, a lease would fall through or something would happen or um, our equipment delivery wouldn't rock up or there was always just something in the way. And then even when we got into our first studio, they were like, oh, we're, demo like, we're demolishing this building. We have another building that we also own over here. You can move to there. So we moved to there. And then they're like, oh, you know, this was like six months later. They're like, we're demolishing this building too and putting apartments here. We'll give you a payout and you can like, and I'm like, please, can we just take this payout and like not do this? And he was like, no, we need a space to train. We need a physical space, like blah, blah, blah. Um, there was a whole backstory behind that, which I won't even go into, but I feel like I was fighting the process the whole time. And I think that's another lesson as well. Like if you are fighting a process, don't do it. Yeah. Like if, if your heart is not in it, particularly with such a big risk like that, like, you know, opening up a training studio, there are so many expenses. There's, you know, all your council stuff that you've got to do. You even have to pay to put a sign out the front and like, you know, your commercial rent and then having all the trainers there. And that's another thing. Like I know I'm good one-on-one -on -one 
but I wouldn't call myself a people person. Like I could happily just be like a hermit. <laughs> it's just, it's just how my brain is like, I, I don't know. I feel like every now and again, I'm like, hmm, I should probably go hang out. <laughs> but I'm not super, super concrete, putting up so much content all the time and talking all the time. And you would think that I am, but it's just, it's just not how I am. So I know I am someone who is a little bit weaker on the people managing front. And that's a big thing. That's a huge part of it. So that's why I had this amazing trainer, Haley, who um, put her, we put her as like the manager of the space and she did the people stuff for me. But, you know, it, it showed me where so many of my weaknesses were. And I'm not mad that I did it or anything. And I'm like, I would potentially like to open it, but I would potentially prefer to open a gym gym yeah. rather than a training studio because it's a PT studio. The amount of income you can make from it is so limited by the space and the amount of trainers you get in. It's not scalable. So, you know, in the future, I would love to do something that is more scalable. Yeah, I love that. And I don't know like how into, I guess, like the law of attraction and manifestation you are, but <laughs> it sounds like, you know, for this audience, we would know that like when everything kind of like works against you, it's one of those situations where it's just totally, totally out of alignment. And, you know, in terms of like the universe having our backs, it just feels like, but I love what you said about it shows you all of your weaknesses, because I think that's like people in business are so afraid, afraid to like take these risks, even though in hindsight, you're saying I would have rather done this, I would have rather done that. But do you feel as a person, you've grown so much from that experience and now you're introspective enough to know what you like and what is going to be good for your vision and future? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like on the outside, I look like this, but on the inside, I'm like some giant muscly dude freak who's just ready to hit someone in the head if they try and cross me again, you know? Like I feel like... <laughs> um, <laughs> it builds you up and it's that resilience and I feel yeah. like you really need that as well and I feel like if I could get through all of that with like a huge relationship breakdown in the middle of it and a whole other bunch of personal life stuff going on I had so much happening at that stage and I just kept rolling yeah. and I'm still here and I'm still doing what I'm doing and my business is more profitable now than it was before so yeah yeah I love curves. that yeah and people are just so afraid to fail like people even like when it comes to like I don't want to start a YouTube channel because what if no one watches or I don't want to start a business because what if this doesn't happen and it's like those are such low risk things like at the end of the yeah. day you put a YouTube yeah. up and no one watches it like <laughs> where worse off than you were like before you put the video up but it's like yeah. crazy because in actual business you know in terms of like uh, I guess like bricks and mortar and products in the tech industry. Like if you wanted to get venture capitalists or something like that, they wouldn't even look at you if you haven't had a failure. So it's just like, yeah. I think, you know, if anyone can take anything away from this story, it's like, don't be afraid to take risks guys, because you're going to be standing, even if it, I guess, as Rachel describes, like feels like it crumbled around you. Like she's still here and she's still killing it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's totally available to anyone, but you've got to put yourself out there and start trying to do things. And I think pushing as well, like continually pushing every yeah. day, do what you want to do. Because that's the thing I see a lot now too. And I see this in all aspects of people's lives. Like obviously as a coach, like working directly with people, I see it. And then in the business world, it's, I see it. In people who start a YouTube channel, I see it. People don't push. Yeah. People will put up, you know, two or three things or put in a week's worth of effort and then expect to yeah. get these returns. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. It yeah. does not work like that. You need to fight for every inch that you want to win, especially when everything is so saturated right now. Yeah. Everyone wants to be a content creator. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. How are you going to make yourself stand out? 
Great segue because A, I love that piece of advice, but B, I really want to speak about originality. I actually want to come back in a little while and talk about introversion because that's something that is a big excuse of so many people. And as a matter of fact, I believe that introverts are actually better on camera, but we'll talk about that in a sec. But standing out because one thing I just, and I know anyone who knows you will agree, is that you have nailed the originality, like even right down to the personal brand, right down to the style, everything you do is just, it's got that flavor of Rachel. Like anything you see online, you could just tell it's yours if, you know, even if without actually knowing it's yours. And so I guess, how does one find what makes them different if they really don't feel like they are? I feel like everyone has something to offer with this and it's a matter of exploring. It's not an immediate process. You can't sit down and write it out on paper. You have to practice it and you have to do it. Like, you know, but years and years ago when I was doing photography, people would be like, I can always tell your photos. Like yeah. I can always tell you your photos, even if I don't know you've taken it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like this was my first touch into the world of like branding because I didn't like, I just had like my style that I yeah. would edit. Like, I didn't know what that was. I was like 19. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. So let's, you know, work on developing that. And I feel like the more you create, the more you need to create what your eye enjoys. And if yeah. your eye is enjoying something, it's most likely going to be quite cohesive. Like you see most, the big artists in the world, they all have a style, don't they? Like yeah. everyone creates to what they see pleases them. And I think you need to do that with your own image as well. Like, are you wearing what pleases you? Are you, or are you wearing it because it was on sale on ASOS or whatever yeah. website you're shopping on? Are you, are you styling your hair that way because you enjoy it? Or are you styling it that way because you saw a photo of some celebrity with the same haircut and you wanted to go and mimic it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's reflecting and going, do I actually like this? Yeah. And I came to a point where I, I'm sure you remember like ages and ages ago, like my Instagram and my YouTube and everything, everything was like white and black yeah. and just like so stark, like so stark. And I enjoyed that for a time, but then I got bored of that. And if I got bored of that, I wasn't posting as much. I think it, it just delayed the process. And again, that's another one of those things that gets in the way because I was looking at it and I'm like, this is boring to me. I'm bored of it. Yeah. And so that's where I got to the point where I was like, okay, well, if I'm bored of it, what can I do to make myself keep pushing forward? I need to change it. So then when I moved house and I sold everything and I had to buy new furniture again, I'm like, cool. So everything now is like rattan and tan and like natural, warm, like earthier tones. And I use that because obviously I'm filming in my house as well. Yeah. And then I made new Lightroom presets for myself and everything. And then just the branding just swapped. I swapped it all over to like browns and neutrals because I want to keep making what is pleasing to me. And I think that's another thing. Your brand is not going to stay the same forever. Even big companies do rebrands. Yeah. And I love that because so many people have said to me, you've changed your colors like so many times. I'm like, I change my mind every day. I mean, come on. Um, but yeah, and I love that. And I guess, okay, my, my next question, because this is something that I hear so often is when people are trying to find their style, like you said, and they feel like, you know, they are trying to see what pleases their eye and all of this stuff. A lot of people, and this may be a little deeper, but a lot of people I think have due to social media and because of how much content they consume, 
They almost yeah. don't have that eye for preference. Yeah. In interpersonally, they they are so heavily influenced by what they see. It's like they don't even know themselves to know what they like. And I don't know if it's that, like if you have any advice for someone who may be going through that. It's like, yeah, I want to I want to feel like I know my preference, but I'm so confused by the fact that I'm so heavily inundated with information and what everyone else is doing. Like, yeah. do you have any like interpersonal practices that you have to like connect with what you like and what pleases you? So sometimes you'll, you'll find it like, let's say you see an Instagram account that you really like and you're like, Oh, that's so nice. Like, Oh, I want to take a photo like this. I want to like that like i want to do it like this find an account like that you enjoy it and you're just like using social media for the fun of it or whatever it might be yeah go ahead but i mean if you are out there specifically looking for your brand and you're trying to grow something don't follow an account like that because yeah. you're just going to copy them yeah. and i think that's the thing any any account which is too similar to mine i won't copy like there's even some bigger like health and fitness influences where every now and again i'll go and check out their videos but i'm not going to follow them because i don't want their content style their creation style whether it's their vlogging style or the way they do their insta stories or where i don't want that to affect how i do mine yeah because you know, subconsciously, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm the same genre. Should I be doing something like that? Yeah, of course. We all are. It's come, yeah. like natural for human. And this is something that I don't think people actually recognize. It's like what Rachel's describing here isn't like uncommon because it's a natural human, I guess, characteristic to size one another up because biologically or prehistorically, we needed to figure out where we fit in with the pack. And so this whole concept of like judgment and looking where other people are doing and all of these things are like, should I do this? Should I do that? It's like actually a natural human construct to want to kind of fit in. And so it's easy to be influenced by others, but I'd love to hear from you then, like, where do you pull inspiration from? I do this thing um, every now and again where I log off everything. Cool. And it could even be half a day. It could be 10 days. Like just recently I did two weeks where I just logged off. Wow. And like while I still, sometimes I'll post, you know, videos still because I try to be more consistent with the YouTube side of things. Yeah. Sometimes if I don't have anything built up, then I just won't. Um, but at the end of the day, like you taking a break is not the end of the world. And I feel like it, it's so drilled into people. Like you need to be on your phone all the time. And like, you know what you could do? Like you could record all your Insta stories. You could take a bunch of photos and do everything in the morning and you can switch off in the afternoon. Like that possibility is there and yeah. you don't need to be logged in 24 seven. You don't need to be commenting on things 24 seven. And I think it's really important to have that disconnect because it's such a blur now. It's such a blur between, oh, did you actually tell me that or did I see that in your Insta story? Yeah. Like, oh my God, we yes. combine, yeah, we combine the two together. And I think it's so important to have that time offline. And I love, you know, leaving my phone at home, just leaving stuff at home and just taking the dogs out and like going to the beach and like, you know, doing all that sort of thing because that is where I feel refreshed. And when my brain isn't constantly intaking, 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 I can actually output and I can actually sit there and come up with ideas. I love that so much because like every time I ask people this question, they're like, oh, you know, I get it from another industry. And it's almost like the safe answer to say, like, I don't get inspired by other people. But I'm like, why can't you just like most people get the inspiration where inspiration actually comes from is within. Like, I don't think people actually understand that everything that we want to create, everything that we like, every all of our preference, all of our values, all these things. If you actually take the time to switch off and disconnect, you have all of that information. And even sometimes, you know, with the concept of like, oh, I won't know what to say 
today or I've got imposter syndrome. Like, you know, even so much more than you actually think, you know? And if you, I don't know, I, the test that I give all my clients is like, go live and I promise you something will come out. Like you will force yourself to say something and sometimes even surprise yourself because there's so much information back there that we're not naturally accessing because we are so influenced. And I love that. And, but I guess like, some a piece of advice that you hear all the time then is, you know, if you're not there, somebody else will be. And I think that's what stops a lot of people from disconnecting and switching off. Do you agree with that? Someone else is going to be everywhere. Yeah. Like literally everywhere. And I, I mean that in every sense of the word, like, God damn, like if my garbage man isn't going to come pick up my bin today, someone else is going to do it, you know, like <laughs> it's just, everyone has to fill a, a job and, you know, you having an audience, they're not only going to watch you, please yeah. don't be that entitled. Like yeah. they are going to be inspired by other coaches or other fitness people or other, like they have different people that they watch for different things. So what's your thing that you're talking to them about? Like I know from the feedback that I get, people go, I love how you approach it holistically. I love how it's not just like one specific diet or one specific thing or never eat this or never eat that. It's just a more holistic approach because that's what I use in my life. So of course that's what I'm going to talk about. And you know, they might also follow someone else who's like, oh, I don't eat any carbs ever. Or they might follow someone else who only does at-home workouts. Like they're going to get their inspiration from other people as well. Like you're not the only source. Yeah. And so taking a day off is not going to be the end of the world. I love that so much. Um, Something I really did want to talk to you about it now we're on the topic of like low carb, high carb, all of this stuff. I don't want to talk about (laughs) diets, but I do want to talk. I definitely do want to talk about sacrifice I guess is the topic because I think a lot of people think that I don't know I heard this concept it was in a book that I read recently and it was called the four burner effect I don't know if you've ever heard of that and it's like particularly with women it's almost like the idea that they can't have it all you know if you are building a business and focusing on relationships then you have to let your health decrease and I guess how if someone came to you and was like, I'm a busy entrepreneur, I have no time for health, all of this stuff, I feel totally overwhelmed. Like, how do you help people have it all? Because it seems like you have it all. Like, I know what I mean. Like, we all have to make sacrifices, but it seems like you're able to balance all of these aspects of life. So what do you think about that concept? And what advice would you give to someone who feels like they have no time for health? Do you want the honest answer of what I'd actually say to someone? Like, if I was on a phone call with them? We always want the honest answer here, Rachel. This is an honest show where we tell everyone that this is what you've actually got to do, not this is what you Just gauging do. how, yeah. how uh, raw I'm going to be. No, seriously, um, what I would do in a phone call with someone, if someone was like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm, you know, I'm running my business and like my health has fallen behind, and I'm like, okay, cool, so if you put on all this weight and you get sick, how are you going to run your business? Yeah. Yeah. Put it back into a context that they understand. And I think that's something that you need to, you need to learn your priorities. What's the most important part of your day? Is it family time? Is it training? Is it putting work into your business? And then structure the rest of your day around that to support that. So for me, one of my most important, or I would rather say favorite parts of my day, like I love it, is training. So I'll put, that's literally the first thing I'm going to put in my calendar is my training split. And then I work my day around it and I'm like, okay, cool. So I can only take calls or work until this time because I need to go to bed at this time so that I can get a proper rest. This is roughly when I'm going to eat my meals because I need to fuel myself. And I think you need to put everything back into the context of where it will support the main thing that you want to be doing. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's awesome. 
but how about a morning routine that sets you up for a proper part of the day, whether that means exercising or just going for a walk or some way to start your day that's not in taking information. Go and do something for yourself so that you're in a better space to control your day. Yeah. And I think um, it, it took me a while to learn how to do that. When I was first starting, like, you know, you add another thing in and you're like juggling and some of the bits kind of fall down a little bit. But like the longer you do it, the more you learn how to sustain that. And I think it is so important to have that balance as well, because, yeah, if you're crushing your business and it's growing really fast, but then, you know, maybe you're not looking after your personal life. What are you building a business for? Like, yeah. do you not want to have a good personal life after that? Like, what? You know, eventually there's going to come a time where you'll have more time and more money if your business is doing well. And what are you going to do with that time and money if your entire personal life is shattered around you? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that perceptual conflict is what stops a lot of people from actually doing this stuff because if you truly do believe that you have to sacrifice your health or your personal life in order to create a business even though you're screaming on the outside yeah i want to make a shit ton of money what's happening on the inside is your body's going uh no you don't we don't want to end up lonely on christmas and all of this stuff because we've rejected everyone else in our life and that causes a lot of inner conflict um but i i want to do a little exercise a little fun little exercise for coach rachel um because I've (laughs) i've got a lot of people in my audience who who are, you could say like side hustlers, right? So they have like, as you said, like a nine to five job and then they're starting their business. Okay. So pretending that someone has come here and said to you, like, I want to start a business. I'm doing my morning routine in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I have to leave to catch a train at 7am and then I work all day and I get home at six. And then obviously that's time for me to start a business. Could you like help that person fit everything into their life if that if they if they i know they don't i know it's not it's not possible if they truly believe that they don't have time to work out they don't have time to take care of themselves they don't have time for everything because they have this nine to five job which is taking up so much of their time like Mm -hmm. how would they how would you advise that they structure their day to fit it all well i think you have to simplify them yeah. So if, if your nine to five is taking up literally all of t- your time, like let's say you've got an hour transport there and an hour transport back, which is not uncom- uncommon in where we live, you know, like you see people doing that all the time. Um, so you need to simplify. You can't, you know, waste an hour and a half going to a gym and training. Cool. Do something at home. You could do a 10 minute hit workout and that could be just as effective as going for a 45 minute walk. You know, like you can cut time back. And I think it's about thinking, how do I save time? Like I've had to do this in my business life and go, how do I save time when I'm trying to output, output, output? How do I save time? So think about that in your personal life as well. Like if you find that you're constantly picking up, you know, lunch when you're out at work, you'll just like go down to the takeaway shop. You could easily go to Coles and buy a bag of salad mix and two tins of tuna. You know, you've got that same amount of time. It's just about restructuring the choices that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, I love that. It was like, no, <laughs> like just make better decisions, but that's what it does come down to. Like everything in life is a decision and it's, yeah. you've got the decision that is going to move you forward. It's like, uh, the matrix, you know, Neo. Yeah. 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 The red, pill, everything, <laughs> like every little aspect, every little fragment of your day is the opportunity for you to take the red pill or the blue pill. It's like, you can either make the decision to go get the sandwich or the pasta at the tuck shop. Do you have tuck shops in office? Yeah. I've never, I haven't been in the office. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> or the, or the red pill, like go get the salad and tuna. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like your immediate self may prefer the taste of yes, the carbonara yes. down at the tuck shop. But when you're again, like, you know, 70 kilos overweight, 
30 years from now, trust me, you would have preferred that you ate that salad. And it's always thinking about what the future self. Yeah. Cause there's not always an immediate payoff. And that's the same if we, with business as well. Like I was saying before, you can't upload two YouTube videos and expect to have like a hundred thousand subs. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. On this topic, All of this is a long-term haul. <laughs> yeah. Health, but it is. And it's, uh, people are so impatient. It's like, you've got life, like you've got life to live. Like life's long guys. I know it's like life is short. No, life's fucking long to be honest. Like if I reflect on the like t- past 29 years, it's been a long time and I've still got a long way to go. So, you know what I mean? Um, but on this topic, I guess like I'd love to talk a little bit more about productivity because I feel mm. like you are like the productive guru of our time to be honest. And I don't a lot of content. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I watch you a lot now. I just feel like, Every time I've like wanted to learn about productivity, I have like gone straight to your videos because from the way that I guess, and it it probably has a lot to do with the minimalism, but the way that you seem to do things, it seems so much more, no, I don't want to say effortless because it's not effortless, but you just simplify the productivity process. Mm. And so I guess like, what are your like top three productivity hacks for people who really are busy? They want to do the health, they want to do the fitness, they want to do the business, they want to do all of this stuff. Like, how does, you know, what is, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to ask you, but basically what's Rachel's top three productivity hacks for busy people. Okay. One outsourcing. This is something that took me way too long to do. Same. Way too long. I'm sitting there like pulling my hair out, not sleeping, going, Oh, I have to write this email. No, you don't have to do that. Like someone else can do that for you. Yeah. And you know, just look for the right person who aligns with your brand. And I think a lot of people are scared to outsource because it's your baby, you know, like you don't want someone to come in and like mess things up. But I've got a few people working for me now and it's just like, Oh my God, like I can create stuff. I can go back to doing what I need to be doing. I can focus on the growth and I can focus on like, you know, my message and what I want to be sharing rather than all the finicky little details. Because honestly, that's what you're going to get caught up in is the yeah. tiny little tidying up bits and pieces. I'm sure you know, yeah. like, you I, know, I'm the same. I took way too long to yeah. get someone helping me. Yeah. Yeah. It grows. And then you end up picking up all the slack and you know, someone else could be doing it, but you're too scared to get them in. When you feel that, get someone in. doesn't matter if they're the wrong person, get someone else. Yeah. Like you can do it. And then I think second is you need to be focused when you are doing something. What I like to do. So in my calendar, I do like, I guess you call it like time blocking. And I did a blog post all about it as well. Um, and I, I showed my calendar and like how I set it up and everything. What I do is I put segments in the day. I don't say I have to, like, I'll have reminders of like, oh, you know, these tasks I need to try and do today, but then I have big blocks of time. So for example, there might be a big block of coaching. What that means, I'm going to go and I'm going to do training plans for the girls. I'm going to go look through food diaries. I'm going to do all that sort of stuff. It's not a specific set task. But when I do go into a new time block, I like to take, you know, five to 10 minutes just to reset myself, I guess, and sort of you know, get off the computer for a couple of minutes, go and, you know, get a drink of water, go outside with the dogs, whatever it might be, and just go, oh, okay, because now we're breaking up our day. And I think if you want to be effective and if you want to be efficient, efficiency is huge here when you're trying to do a lot of stuff, you need to be focused. You can't be doing one task and thinking about another. You can't be sitting here, you know, writing a blog post, but thinking about the video that you want to film later. It doesn't work because you're going to drag it out and it's going to take too long. So you need to find how you can get yourself in a space where when you're doing a task, that's all you're doing. If that means that you turn your phone off, it means you turn your phone off. If it means that you don't listen to music, you don't listen to music. And I think, you know, for some people music's great, for some people it's not. Like you need to find that individual thing which allows you to be more productive. 
and trying to think they're, they're the main things. What's the, even the third thing, uh, I guess like don't count. I, I, I see people do <laughs> don't count regular things on your to-do list. Like, like as an example, like I'd see people go clean the kitchen. No, <laughs> don't, don't, don't count your regular day things on your to-do list because then it's going to feel like you're being more productive than you are. Yeah. And you're going to see, you know, 20 things ticked off and be like, Oh yay! Like I did so much today. Yeah. But half of that stuff was like, you know, take the bin out, like brush my hair. Like, like <laughs> looking at, how about gym? Can we put gym on the to-do list? I think gym counts because like you're working towards something, but I mean like, you know, your mundane yeah. Yeah. low bottom of the barrel tasks, like you're still going to get them done anyway. But I think when we put those things down on a list and when we sit and tick them off, we're going to feel like we're doing more than we are. And we're going to trick ourselves into thinking we're being more productive. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Then we actually have been. Yeah. That's such a good tip. Such a good tip. Cause I actually saw one's, I saw someone's um, on Instagram the other day, like their um, to do list. And I think it had like four different things for meditation. Like it was like, I don't know, like find a quiet, like, like something that could have just been like morning routine or something like that. It was like, I'm sure they had like find a quiet space and sit down and breathe. Like they were two separate oh. tasks. I think it was on Pinterest. Maybe it was a joke, but I don't know. <laughs> it was really funny. But yeah, no, that's such a good tip as well. It's like, and I guess that comes back into like the chunking and time blocking and everything. But I love, love, love the tip on outsourcing because I'm the same. I just took way too long. And now having like two people help me, it frees up so much more of your time. But even to go back to what we were speaking about in the beginning, it frees up your time to do the things that you enjoy. And as we spoke about already, like that yes. is the stuff that keeps you moving forward and sustainable and avoiding burnout and able to actually put so much out into the world because you actually like doing it. Nobody likes, well, I mean, some people do and that's why they make it their job, but who really likes like the tech side of things or the email side of things or the intricate detail side of things. Very few people who yeah. are creative leaders in the world. That's for sure. Yep. Well, that's like, I'm, I'd rather spend my time putting together a video than as much as I love speaking to people. Like if someone insta messages me, I'll try and get back to them or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, I don't want to sit there and refresh expired links. Yeah. for ebooks like i i uh, that's not a productive use of my time my time is better served elsewhere yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, talking about like talking to people i wanted to go back to the point of like introversion would you classify <laughs> yourself to be an introvert and do you think if in any way it has hindered your i guess like online coaching creator entrepreneurship journey because a lot of people come to me and say i can't do what you do Aaron, because i'm an introvert and i'm a natural extrovert like i get fueled by being around people but, you know, I spend most of my time alone. And I think if I was an introvert, I'd actually probably be able to do it better. I don't know. I think it's like yeah. the grass is always greener on the other side. But like, what's your, uh, do you classify yourself as an introvert? And I would, but I, I know how to speak to people. And yeah. I think that's imp an important thing is if you are an introvert, learn how to communicate, not just talking at someone, not just waiting and listening for your chance to say something, but actually yeah. communicating effectively. People want to feel heard. And I think that's a very important factor. And I think 
I'm so glad they made me do this in high school. I don't know why, but like they put me in a public speaking group. So I did yeah. like five years of public speaking training. So, you know, that's helped so much when someone's like, oh, can you come speak at this event? And I know I've got another one coming up soon where I'm speaking about like waste reduction and minimalism. Yeah. And, you know, they want me to come and do this presentation and I'm not stressed about it because I know how to just talk. Like if I have to get up somewhere and talk, I know how to do it. And it's funny. It's almost like I see myself put on this little bit of like a, like a mask because I had to do yeah, yeah. I had to do it when I was working in a call center. You know, you'd be like, oh, hi, welcome to a blah, blah, blah. My name is Rachel. How can I help you today? Like you just get that whole face on. And I think you almost have, if you're an introvert and if you really struggle with being in front of the camera, if you really struggle with being someone who like shares what they're doing, think about it from a third person perspective. What does someone else want to see from you? Like, yeah. cool. Like, are you working on this today? Or what are you eating today? If you're a health person or like, you know, what, what do other people find interesting and what do they tend to comment back on? And that's what you can work on sharing first. Like that's the things that might be easier for you. And I think when it comes to it as well, it is, I guess you call it a bit of a lonely career path because yeah, like I could spend days at home and Not it'll be my house. Yeah. 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 He's like, can we go out and do something? And I'm like, Oh, what? Oh, oh, it's been four days and all I've done yeah. is go to the gym. And like, <laughs> like, you know, it, it's so easy for time to bypass me like that. And like, yeah, I'll get out in the afternoons and like, just go to the park. But I hardly call that like, yeah. you know, doing actively doing something. Yeah. And I think, if you are an introvert, you'll probably have ease with yeah. that part. Like, I, I feel like that part will be easier. If you're an extrovert, you're going to really need to almost chain yourself to a desk or maybe find like a co-working space or something which makes that process easier for you. Um, but being introverted, you do need to coach yourself on how to speak to yeah. people. And, you know, it, it, it's easier in a way because you're not doing the to and fro. You're not reacting. You're not, you know overcomplicating it by standing there reading the body language or the facial expressions too much, which is something I find myself doing. Like if I'm speaking with someone, I'm so busy reading everything that's going on that it's exhausting. And I think that's why part of it is exhausting. Like yeah. when we did that panel, I got home and I slept because yeah. that's what happens. Like when I'm around lots of people and I have to talk and talk and talk, I'm so on and I have to be so present with every interaction that I get tired. Yeah. And I get fatigued and I get tired after I film videos as well. That's just part of it. But I think it is a little bit easier and I can sit and film four videos in a block because a camera doesn't have body language, you yeah. know, like you, you are speaking to an inanimate object. Ooh, that's <laughs> so. a nice legs trap hard. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah. it, does, it has its pros and cons. And I think like if you are an introvert, okay, cool. Play to your strengths. That's going to be great when you need to sit there editing video content for days on end. That's fine. But you do need to learn how to have that little bit of courage, whether that is, you know, pretending that you're talking to someone that you're really close with. Cause you know, even introverts have people that they are close with yeah. or pretending that you're just like wearing this performance mask. Like you were saying, like, you've got to have a way to make it just feel easier for yourself. And I love that. And I think a big part of that as well is like, people are so quick to just like accept, uh, I guess, characteristics and I guess boxes these days like I'm an mm. introvert I'm an extrovert and all of these personality types and all of these like I'm an NFPJ or whatever they oh, are God. like all yeah. of these things and it's like I, I get that it's I get it's so good to be introspective and know your skills and know who you are but it's like you're a human being and you have the ability to change you if you were an extrovert you could literally train yourself to be an introvert or vice versa yeah. if you wanted to our brain is constantly changing and those pathways in our brains are constantly changing you are never stuck with what you have right now and i think it's so easy for people to just say oh at the end of the day it's an excuse is it not you know yeah. i can't film videos because i'm an extrovert or an introvert etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like well no you're just 
saying this is what I am and therefore I can't when really you can. And YouTube is you focusing on what you consider a weakness instead of looking at the strengths of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Okay, one more question I did want to talk to you about, and I didn't. I'm going to spring this on you, so hopefully you're oh, okay. No. <laughs> We're talking about it. All of it on me, really. <laughs> but I mean, it, I mean, it's a topic that, like, not a lot of. I don't want to hear personal, like, personally from you, because obviously, um, like, that's not the point of the episode. But mm. I'd love to talk a little bit more about money and minimalism, if that's mm. okay. Because I think, again, like, same here with the characteristics. I think it's like you know, people have so many hangups about money and beliefs and money stories. And that's something we talk about a lot here because it prevents a lot of people from earning capacity. But I think, you know, when it comes to like minimalism, is that almost like vowing that you then can't want to make a lot of money? Because wouldn't that contradict, I guess, a lot of, you know, obviously we want to help people and all of that, but a big part of having online businesses and stuff is like you do make, make you have uncapped earning potential. So yes. I guess like what's, What's, what's the, like, do you think there's a link between money and minimalism? Is it that you are taking a vote of minimalism? You can't want a lot of money. I don't know. I'm so confused I, about this topic. Maybe I think, shed well, light. For some people, for some people, sure. Like some people want to be like super frugal and like they, they do minimalism so that they can spend less time at work and more time with family. But yeah. that's not me. Like if I was to apply minimalism to money, it's minimizing debt. It's yeah. making sure that I have like, you know, as much disposable income as I want slash need. It's, you know, having that ability there to be unhindered by like, you know, I don't have a credit card. I don't have any debt. Like I don't have, I, I've been paying for my uni fees upfront, you know, because yeah. I just, I don't want to sit there with something hanging over and feel like I owe something. <laughs> and yeah. that, I think that is where it plays into it for me. I don't want to owe anything to anyone. And, um, I still want my business to grow. I still want to be able to, you know, employ people and hire people for their services and all of that sort of thing and put money back into it. So I think it's up to you. Like if you're someone who wants to work less, earn less and, you know, live in the real life or traveling more then you do that. But if you're someone who wants to make money, then go and make the money. Just like yeah. think about it from a different perspective. Think of minimizing um, the debts or thing, or if you, you know, I feel like sometimes you need debt. Like if you're going into real estate or whatever, you're going to yeah. need a whole bunch of debt. Yeah. But um, it just depends what business you're looking into going into. Like obviously I'm a online coach and I do YouTube and that sort of thing. So I don't need vast amounts of debt for what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think, I guess the theme of a lot of what we've spoken about here today, which is so, so, so powerful is really just, I, I know this is going to sound super corny, but like finding your own way and like making your own rules. That's something that I really admire about you because it really does seem like that's what you do. It's like, yes, okay, this is the supposed way to do something, but this is like the way that I'm going to do it. And I think if more people did that, like they got inspired by minimalism or they got inspired by personality types or they got inspired by all of these other things, but then figured out the way that it works best for them, that mm. ultimately is what's going to make them so much more, not only successful, but happy. Yeah. And I think it's even a thing, like if you're so obsessed with personality ties and if you know everything about all the different, like, you know, the INTJ and whatever, cool. Why don't you make yourself a coach for someone and you have different coaching methods based on the different personality types that play to people's strengths. Like there is a business idea in everything and you can always flip it around instead of seeing it as limiting, go, okay, well, what's the strengths of it though? And play to those. Like you always have to play to those. Like if you're so caught up on what you think is limiting to you, you're never going to move anywhere. Like I have so many parts of like my personality or my lifestyle or whatever it is where I'm, 
I could use it to stop me. I could be like, oh, I'm too busy with uni right now. I'm too busy with coaching right now. Or like, no, I'm an introvert. No, like there's so many things which you could use. And I'm sure you could sit and think of a whole bunch as well. Yeah. But um, we we have a stronger drive. And I think that's the thing. Like if your drive is strong, you're going to want to push forward anyway. Yeah, I love that so much. What a note to finish on as well. Just honestly, play to your strengths, know what you like and just go for it. Yeah. yeah. The takeaway for today. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Rachel. I honestly could talk to you for hours, but we'll probably just take this, take this and catch up for coffee and I'll sneak a microphone somewhere into it for part two. <laughs> I'm good, good. I'm good. I love it. All right. So I always love to ask my guests, like, what is the vision? Because a big part of what I talk about is vision because I feel like, you know, the drive and the mission is what keeps us moving forward, but the vision is where we're going. So where is Rachel going over, I guess, obviously a lot of things you might not be able to say, but, you know, what's happening for you over the next 12 months and where can people find you? Okay, so we'll start with the easy part, which is where people can find me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Instagram and YouTube and pretty much every platform, my name is Rachel Also, That's Rachel with just an E and Oss like the start of Australia, but it's not. It's my real last name. And then what I'm working on for the minimalism thing, I do have, again, like you said, something I can't talk about. So yeah. there's something coming in that regard. And my main priority at the moment is building up my one-on-one coaching because I do a three-month intensive course. It's food, it's training, and more importantly, it's your mindset and your approach to how you tackle all of that as well. So I've been really honing in on growing that and then you know, jumping back in and creating more content as well because I trying to grow the channel again so we're pouring more effort back into that and um yeah so channel growth coaching growth and super secret project i cannot talk about i love (laughs) it so much and i'm going to leave all of the information to that in the show notes below so definitely go check rachel out and i just want to thank you so much for coming on the episode today that's okay thanks for having me Thank you so much for joining me today. I honestly really do appreciate your time. I know some of these episodes can be quite long, but the fact that you've taken time out of your day to better yourself is just a shower of how successful you are capable of being because you are investing in you. So I know I am so, so inspired after each and every single one of these Game Changer Chats. I hope you're feeling the exact same way. If you'd like to connect with myself or the guest more, then please do reach out to us on Instagram and I hope you have an awesome day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.